This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. That's right. Happy Thursday, Friday, Junior, to you from Austin Norman and Eric Strickland here with you every weekday, 2 to 4 on 93.7 The Ticket. As always, brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Check out Charles and his crew down at 27th and Pine Lake here in Lincoln. A lot to get to today. We'll talk a little Husker spring practice. What does Nebraska have to do to keep players from leaving? What does Nebraska have to do to flip rivalries on their heads? We'll talk about that. Play the shootout with Strick at the end of this hour and uh, go a little different direction on the NIL conversation from what uh, Nick and I were talking about. Uh, Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame's president sent a letter to the NCAA. Uh, What does that have to do with it? We'll dive into all that and more coming up. Strick, how are you doing this fine day? Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, glad to be here on the block always. Shout out to the blockheads that are uh, tapping in and chiming in as always. And uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's an interesting day. Um, you know, Sweet 16 is going to be getting, getting it going. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of see how that's going to pan out. I'm thinking we make our predictions in the crossover. Throw uh, Jay's predictions in there too. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. So let's jump into it here, Strick. Uh, Nebraska football spring practice. Uh, on day three, media got to see some of practice. Nick was there, uh, mentioned just seeing some of those guys up close, just how different they looked than what Nebraska's had before. I think that's a good thing. When you get transfers from you know SEC programs, in this case Georgia, with the three of them, Nebraska needs better athletes across the board, plain and simple. So, no, you don't love that it's transfers. You want those guys to be your own. But for me, the hope is guys at those positions, see what the SEC transfers look like and go, oh, crap, I got to get better. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that is something – it's it's nothing like being able to walk on the field, walk into a room, walk into, um, you know, any type of situation where you see – the athletes and the physical specimens that they present, right? Um, I'm excited to see how they, you know, develop, pan out, how quickly they grow. Uh, and, and, and it's good that it's also fresh for everybody, mm-hmm. right? That there's, you know, hierarchies are still going to be established. Yes, there's leaders that are in the room or have been. But hierarchies are still going to be established, and I'm interested to see what this culture is going to present itself to be. And uh, we're going to see that pretty soon. Speaking of uh, what the culture is going to be, what practice is going to be, Matt Rule seemed very hands-on, not just with one position group, but all over the place. What do you make of that? Do you like that from a coach? Do you not like that? What do you think of Matt Rule being hands-on all over the field? Well, I I think – it is a difference from what we had with Frost. Frost was trying to do that. Um, Frost doesn't have the personality or the charisma, so to speak, uh, 
to kind of engage in that aspect. So what we found is when you're dealing with, with, with Frost's situation that we talked about a lot of him just being a good CEO, touch points for most of those guys, letting the leaders of those specific rooms do what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and then you had like, you know, you know, guys that excelled in those mm-hmm. specific areas, but Rule wants, and, and it's a different type of rule, not not rule with a iron fist type of rule, but a rule with a touch, uh, let you know how much I care. And then that way you will care how much I know about you and how much I feel about you. And you get to touch that. You get to actually see that. So that's the things that I like about what he's doing with those different touch points that he's having with, with all aspects of the team. Involvement and engagement. Yeah. Two things that we heard were a shortcoming of the previous coaching staff yeah. flipped on its head if Matt Rule is involved everywhere. <laughs> the other thing that I find interesting about what Matt Rule has said and what he wants is that he doesn't want anyone to commit to Nebraska as a high school player without having seen a practice first. There were a number of prospects at practice today, it sounds like, from reports. I think that's a fascinating take. Where whether it's on an official and unofficial, I don't know exactly how it works behind the scenes. That'd be a question for Kenny. But I think I like that from Matt Rule, where he asks players to to watch a practice to see if, hey, do you think this is a fit for you? Are you willing to work this hard? Are you willing to be coached this way? I think that's a good way to make sure the coach and the recruit are on the same page. No, no question. So when you arrive, when you show up, the expectations are already set. Mm-hmm. That is an important thing when you're dealing with coaching. When you're dealing with new, new people, you want to know how they, how um, you 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 want them to know how uh, you're going to be a part of their their life because you're going to be on campus for hopefully three years minimum, <clears throat> mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So those are those are important important part, parts of being a good coach. You want to know, you want to know, and you want them to know. Uh, the first offensive line group reported was. Uh, from left to right, Turner Corcoran, Ethan Piper, Ben Scott, the transfer from Arizona State, Nuri Newili, and Bryce Benhart. A lot of names we know. A group that, if you look at their recruiting rankings, I think you would feel pretty good about. But without a doubt, a, a group that has to take a step up, or, or two, in its play for Nebraska to be successful. With the quarterbacks as banged up as they are. Um, you like the talent in the running back room. But again, it all hinges on, can these guys play up to their billing? <clears throat> they're going to have to have success in the run game this year. They can't just totally rely. <clears throat> we still haven't figured out or established who do, do we even know really who their number one is outside of maybe Marcus Washington, right? Mm-hmm. We really don't know. No. Um, you know, Trey Palmer has departed and is going to do very well in the draft. <clears throat> All of those things are going to help. Again, you know, you had a great success. Yeah. Great success in the, in the previous dra- draft, uh, with with two of them going in the third round, you'll probably get another, you know, one or two that'll probably get drafted. Uh, probably Trey will be one that can be a jumper from two to four, five maybe at worst. And uh, so when you think about this team of not knowing on that side, you 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 want to make sure your run game is established because you're gonna you're gonna rely on your tight ends. <clears throat> you 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 know if you have. Two solid tight ends. I can envision it looking similar to what Georgia. Now, please don't get in the in the in the text line, you know, saying Strick is saying it's going to be 
you know, Georgia-esque or they're going to look. I'm, I'm saying that's what they had. You know, Washington is going to be probably a, you know, second, third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And Bowers is probably going to be a first round draft pick. They have two great tight ends, mm-hmm. which gives them the ability both in the run and in the pass game to do so many things in the middle of the field that your outside can open up tremendously because your running game's got to be important too. You got to be able to run the ball in order to make those tight ends to be effective. And so that's what we're hoping to see. Right. And that uh, Gilbert and Fedoni, we haven't seen them on the field at Nebraska, but they strike me as a little bit more Bowers esque. Whereas Washington yeah. is a, a a block first can also catch guy, whereas they uh, in uh, Gilbert and Fedoni are guys I think you split out wide just as much as you keep them in line. Mm-hmm. And having that versatility. They're going to be faster than linebackers. They're going to be bigger than defensive backs. They're going to be mismatches. Mm-hmm. And as big as they are, Strick, that's a nice safety blanket for a quarterback to have and that you don't have to throw it you know, to the numbers outside mm-hmm. the hashes. You can keep it you know, in the middle of the field, but still feel like it's a safe enough throw with a big big enough body. Absolutely. And, and that's what's going to be fun to see how they uh, script you know their 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 game plans as far as their scheming for offense and I'm 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 looking forward to watching it all develop as is you know we still got some time you know another month or so and we'll we'll see it come to pass. Something that stood out to me too from yesterday with Pro Day is that, that Matt Rule was there that he had conversations with Cam Jurgens who came back um, and Garrett Nelson I think had one of the money quotes about how you know Matt Rule's been there for him every step of the way that he knows he can go back to him. Matt Rule wants him back. To work out, and he thinks that's the vibe for, for other players. What do you make of Matt Rule's presence at Nebraska's Pro Day with guys he's never coached and his approach to, you know, trying to include some of those former players that weren't even his? <clears throat> one of, That's one of the things that I think has been lost um, over the years is that connectivity of the programs. Um, I think the ones that do embrace that, I think that you – you find that um, it's kind of like a voice genesis, mm. right? And I can give you an example of, of, of what I'm talking about. It's very similar to when, uh, let's just go back to, because I was working for the Mavericks at this time. The Dallas Mavericks, when they, <clears throat> well, it, it, I had just left. I, I watched mm. them lose the first one in 06, and then they got back in 09. So they were looking to acquire DeAndre Jordan, all right? Um there was a gentleman by the name of Tyson Chandler that helped them because he was an absolute fit for what they, the Mm -hmm. style that they needed Mm -hmm. to play in order to win that championship. He was a fit. They decided that they weren't going to pay two people. One, Steve Nash, boom, he goes over, wins two MVPs. Then they decided not to pay a couple of those, those guys that helped them to win that championship. He goes over to New York, but guess what? players have conversations right Mm -hmm. there's no better salesman than the ones that have been in the trenches been in the place lived it has done it understands what it looks like there's no better person to sell Mm -hmm. it for you uh the conversation happens they're trying hard to get him on the phone obviously doc and you know the, the the power is there try to keep him but there's a conversation that, that, that is rumored to have happened between Tyson Chandler and, and him. Mm. And he says, you know, the only one they really care about is Dirk. That for a young man that's looking to make a move, a transition to come over, 
begins to have those type of discussions in his head as to do I really want to be here or not. Now, that's what the older players do for you, right? Mm -hmm. When they come back, you want to know that they care about you. You don't want to hear stories about you. Yeah, they came back, (laughs) man. They put me in the freaking – uh, nosebleed section and boom, I couldn't even come to the locker room and I've, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are things, and that's happened throughout programs. Basketball, football, so forth and so on. And that has to change. That's why Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britts and, you know, those type of people, you know, Mukamaras and, and, you know, those type of people coming back and having, you know, some type of feel and connection to the program that's able to help these young men as they're they're trying to make a decision. Absolutely. He's Eric Strickland. I'm Moss Norman. Thanks for dialing us up here on a Thursday. 402-464-5685. If you have any thoughts on anything we're talking about, on the other side, Strick, you brought this to my attention uh, from from the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry side and how seemingly Michigan's flipped it, where, you know, the last two years they've beat Ohio State. What does rivalry look like for Nebraska in terms of the players? What does that mean? We'll get your thoughts on that on the other side.